Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by a physics concept and freedom of speech. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to The Engine. One of the first concepts you learn in high school physics is the concept of kinetic energy right? Kinetic versus potential energy. Now, potential energy is when you have a ball at the top of a ramp, right, at rest, but it's at the top of the ramp. So it has potential because if you nudge that ball just a tiny bit, it's going to collect all the energy and momentum going down the ramp. And when it finally hits the ground, it's actually going to be going pretty fast, delivering some force. Now that force will be played out in a number of ways. The ramp could be very steep and it could just slam right into the ground and maybe make an indentation. Or the ramp is more gradual, just picks up speed and starts you know, flowing across the ground. And again, the, the energy gets put out in a lot of different ways. But as you convert potential energy of the ball into movement, that's called kinetic energy. So potential versus kinetic energy. Now these equal each other because again, the, the ball at the top of the ramp has the potential energy to have the kinetic energy at the bottom of the ramp. It just needs to go through the process of converting potential to kinetic. And I've always loved this concept because it, it allows you to view the world in a series of like potential explosions everywhere, <laughs> okay? Now, yeah, maybe an actual bomb, but for instance, one that one that comes up really easily is when you're dealing with, with young kids. I have little kids, and when they come into a room, if that room is perfectly clean, the first thing they do is destroy it. <laughs> so they go... They go for pillows on a couch. They go for toys in a in a bin. We used to have uh, these matchbox cars, like uh, little you know diecast cars and everything, and big wheels and race cars and tractors and stuff. And we had them in this plastic bin, and it was amazing to me because we had you know like a hundred of them, maybe more, maybe two hundred, and they're small. And if you step on them, God help you if you step on one. So getting them put away was a really important thing. So at the end of the day, my wife and I would always just go, there were like 200 cars on the ground, just taking, taking, scooping handfuls, putting them back into the bin and the bin's overflowing. So they're constantly falling out and you're like, ugh. but I would watch because my boys, they would come into the room in the morning when they were like, you know, getting ready to play, preparing themselves. And they would just smash the bin off the shelf we had it, uh, had it on, let the cars fall everywhere. It's kind of explosion of cars. And then they just move on. They weren't even particularly concerned with playing with any particular car or the cars at all. What they wanted was that orderly little thing full of this chaotic energy to be dumped on the ground. They wanted to convert it into actual actual, you know, mess, craziness. And in this way, I've thought a lot about spaces, right? Like a, like a room that's perfectly clean or a canvas, right? Like a wall or a canvas, that's perfectly white. It's almost like the energy, the potential energy, the potential experience that that wall holds. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it's the exact opposite of a painting that has been painted over 
or a wall that's filled with stuff. Like most people, I don't think, look at a wall that's completely covered in art or whatever and think, gosh, there's a lot of potential for that wall. <laughs> Just like we don't look at people. People that somebody who does so many things and is super successful and highly functional, you don't look at that person and say like, gosh, you really could be something. You could really do something. They're already doing it. Just like the ball rolling across the room in the physics room, the physics classroom, nobody looked at that and said, gosh, that ball has a lot of potential energy. No, no, no. We look at that and say, you already have your energy. You have kinetic energy. Like you're, you're already going, right? And I've been thinking of this thinking a lot about this with regard to free speech lately because obviously in the political world there's there's a lot going on there's a lot to unpack there and i'm not i'm not the one to do it quite frankly i don't i don't follow it and i'm not that interested in it but what i have been thinking about is is the bans on social media that uh, our soon to be former president has you know picked up recently and that's an interesting thing because I very much believe in free speech. You know, even speech I disagree with, I very much believe in that. Hey, look, you want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. I just prefer to talk about it face to face. I don't enjoy free speech behind a keyboard, behind a computer screen. I, I'm not saying we should. I I should ban it, or I'm I'm not advocating for censorship. Um, of all speech that I dislike behind a keyboard, but what I'm saying is I really like speech, um, particularly because. It's what I do. I talk. And here's the thing. So the president has no more ability to go on Twitter. But I've been thinking about that because it's like, well, there are alternatives to Twitter. I think there's one called Gab and there are other other uh, social media venues that allow people to say anything they want. Now, when somebody gets banned from Twitter they generally merge or migrate over these other places and they're like, that was terrible. They didn't let me say whatever I wanted to say, right? And I shouldn't, I shouldn't make fun of people who get banned from Twitter because some get banned for ridiculous reasons and some get banned for great reasons and I'm not going to be the judge, but I do think at times that there are people that, that definitely should be banned from Twitter. So you go over to this other, other social media site and you think that you're going to be able to say with the same impact whatever you were saying on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram, whatever it was that you got kicked off of. But it always falls on deaf ears. That's what's so amazing to me. And I've been thinking about that so much because like, why is it? If somebody wants to say ridiculous stuff, why is it when they go to the place where you can say ridiculous stuff, nobody listens to them? And it comes back to the concept in physics, believe it or not, is because it's only ridiculous. If I want to say crazy stuff and talk a fool, I it's only crazy and I only sound like a fool because of the setting I'm in, right? It's only wild that I did this crazy painting because it was on a canvas that was blank in the first place. It's only annoying that my kids throw the bin of cars onto the ground when we have a clean room. I've never seen my kids go into the living room when it's destroyed, okay? And I'm talking like three or four different forts 
with pillows, every throw blanket in the entire house on the ground, stuff. There's only like one bin of toys and we have these little cubbies. There's only one cubby that's not out, but everything else, the costumes and the cars and the noisemakers, everything's on the ground. It's a mess. I've never seen them go in there and go for that one bin and just be like, I better dump this bin out because the room's already used up. There's no floor space. There's no impact, right? Going from nothing on the ground to one thing on the ground, that's an impact. Now it's like a blemished space. There's something there. But if you already have 100 things on the ground, adding 101, it's like, what does that even do? And here's where it ties back again. I think that the president could move on to a real free speech platform and say whatever he wants. And maybe people will enjoy that. Maybe. I have no idea. But I'm willing to bet that the things he says on those free speech platforms will likely be drowned out by people saying even more bonkers stuff, even more intense things, even, you know, or or there's just so much insanity going on because it's like the, some of these platforms have like, you know, neo-Nazis on them and all of this, I mean, really crazy stuff. And they're like, hey, look, I should have a space where I can say this stuff. That's fine. Well, look, if you have a giant group of neo-Nazis, I, I don't think having the president join in and try to contribute in that medium is going to be even worthy of note. And I'm not saying, I'm not taking sides. Like, I really don't have an opinion about the guy. He's going to be gone and that's on him. I don't, I don't really care. Right. And I know I have dear family members and, and very good friends who are, are Trump supporters. And I have dear family members and very good friends who are, you know, just the most rabid Biden supporters. I love them both. It really doesn't matter to me what you support, but I do genuinely feel that some of the things our soon-to-be former president have said have gained traction and amazing kind of attention because they're so outlandish only because he's destroying a clean room. It's only amazing with some of the things people say on Twitter because Twitter is to some very small degree censored and regulated. If you go out into the Wild West where people are using racial slurs and you know, saying the most insane things. The people that say something, you know, like a woman is only a woman and a man is only a man or a man will never be a woman has got one person banned for life from Twitter, right? Saying a man will never be a woman is not going to be that remarkable in a room filled with neo-Nazis. I don't think... Censorship is great. But I do think for sure that the censorship is the thing that actually makes some people's outlandish communication notable. Because in a sea of slander and insanity, who's really going to care if someone's railing against Democrats? I'm Matt Todd, and this is the engine that drives me. Go out and crush it.